Accelerating Careers in Real Estate with Nick Carman. Brought to you by McDonald & Company. So welcome back to the Accelerating Careers in Real Estate podcast. I'm Nick Carman, your host. But today marks our third and final episode of our trilogy, focusing on reverse mentoring. So without further ado, I'm looking forward to handing over the hosting responsibilities to Rachel, Hebe, Melissa and Fowler. Thank you very much. Hi, Nick. Um, I'm Rachel. So I'm 26 years old um, and I work at Avison Young in the London office. So I'm on their commercial graduate scheme and I joined in at the end of March this year. So I'm on a rotational scheme and I have about four or five rotations, I think, across my time with the business. My first rotation was business rates um, and I'm now sitting in valuation. And I'm also studying for my master's in real estate alongside working. So I'm doing that part time with uh, UCEM. Hebe, I just wanted to ask you, what was the appeal or attraction of real estate as a career for you? Thanks, Rachel. So hi, everyone. I'm Hebe Mottisad Davis. I am an apprentice project manager at Arcadis. I am currently in my fourth and final year of university with UCHEM. So the attraction to construction, I suppose, for me was I live in a Georgian city, so there's lots of pretty architecture um, and there's always a lot of development going on. There's been so many different projects for as long as I can remember that it's always been something that has been around me. So it's always been something that I've been brought up in and around. So it's been an interest for as long as I can sort of remember. I was also lucky enough to do quite a lot of different work experience with different companies. So some development companies, some estate agency companies, and then some also some commercial and also quantity surveying companies. So I had a lot of experience doing that. So that pretty much gave me the idea that I really wanted to get involved in construction. There's also been a number of charities in and around me and my life that have offered construction projects back to people that are in more need so that's been a quite a nice intro to the industry as well like the opportunity to whilst doing work experience and seeing how it benefits companies and other people it's been nice to see how the charitable side of it benefits people and I think the merge of the two of those the work experience and the charities has made me interested in construction. So Fola what interested you in getting into the industry of construction and property? Thanks, Hebe. Um, so I'm Fola. I'm a housing innovation specialist at Connected Places Catapult. I'm part of the Built Environment Directorate there, supporting all sort of housing-related projects that aim to leverage data and innovation to deliver homes and places for the future. The thing that interested me about the built environment industry and construction and property sector was my love for geography. So I was really interested in human geography at school. Um, and I was really passionate about how we shape places as, as individuals, but also places shape us and our experiences of the world. And so um, I found out about urban planning probably about in year 12 or year 13, and I was applying to university. So I was really keen to study about a field where I could really understand the way the cities and places in which we live can help us you know, navigate our lives, but also help us um, experience new things as well. So as a social science person I've sort of been interested in sociology and psychology and I thought the built environment was a great way to explore those themes in those areas but looking at 
the physical places in which we live. And so that was what attracted me to the industry. So, Melissa, what attracted you to the built environment or real estate industry? So I first started uh, with my hand in the built environment industry by working for a housing association um, in the legal team. And I worked alongside surveyors and sort of got interested in it from that perspective, from a social perspective, just by going around buildings, looking at disrepairs and um, notifying the housing association of any repairs that they were required to do. And I was coming to the end of that apprenticeship and it was the surveyors there that suggested um, like that should look into a career in uh, real estate. So I also worked for Southwark Council doing the same thing, working alongside surveyors. And then an opportunity um, came up to apply for a, a chartered surveyor apprenticeship. It was what I was doing at the time and it just seemed to make sense. And I've always had a passion, really cliche, I know, for property, um, but just never really knew how to infiltrate it. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't really know um, what a surveyor did until I came across working alongside them. Um, and just through that experience, it just inspired me to want to go into the built environment industry. And I felt like the apprenticeship would be the best way to get my feet on the ground and work my way up um, and learn from professionals in the industry. So, Fola, in terms of this question, it's more about like what you can offer to the industry. Is there anything in particular that you think stand out as what gives you a unique selling point to the industry? Yeah, that's a great question. Thanks, Hubie. Um, I think for me, what I think I can offer to the industry is myself in that I am a young Black African person who is working in the built environment. And I think we all know that, you know, the built environment has quite a, a way to, uh, quite a while to go in terms of making big strides in terms of diversity and inclusion. And so I think my being myself and um, being in this industry, it's really great to be able to be part of that broader ambition to to show other people and other young people in particular that there are people that could look like them and work in this, in this industry. For me, I moved um, from, from Nigeria to the UK when I was seven. And so I've had experiences growing up in, in Lagos, one of the largest cities in Africa, um, and very different experience to what I had in London when I moved when I was seven. And so I think having those different lived experiences across very different local contexts and then being able to bring that with me when I study about the built environment, when I kind of actually work as part of that, understanding the experiences of different types of people across cities, I think that's a really special thing to be able to offer the industry. And I hope that I can, through my work and hopefully through the things I talk about and the kind of work I'd like to do going forward, I can really inspire younger generations and other young black girls to consider the built environment as an industry that, you know, is welcoming to them and something that I can actually add a lot of value to as well. I've recently done some mentoring with um, Career Ready and I found that that's really benefited um, other girls. I know for me, my mentee, she's a young girl, wants to get into engineering. And so it's so nice to be able to be a woman in the industry and be able to have these girls look up to us. So on that follow, you've, I would say the same sort of thing. It's it's nice as there's four of us girls on this podcast. So that's a great sign already that, yes, there is <laughs> yeah. a way to come. But, that's what I was just about to say. It was really yeah. nice to log on and see four female faces. <laughs> yeah, which is not really necessarily, ex- like, I didn't come on this and expect to be with other 
for other girls. Like I just, you kind of walk into a room and expect it all to be men and you expect the men to kind of all look similar. And I think that's also something that for me, I need to change my expectations that I'm a woman in the industry. So now it's great to see there's so many more and it's an, it's nice to be able to inspire the younger generation to get involved. Yeah, definitely. I think representation is so important. And, you know, I think sometimes we take it for granted just how much seeing someone that looks like us can really change the way we think about the work that we're doing or the industry that we're in. And obviously, we don't want to spend too much time kind of dwelling on the fact that there is still a way to go. But I think it's so, so important that we can do something like this, all of us. And yes, we're all for, you know, women in the industry. But again, very different areas in the industry, very different women you know racially and you know in other ways as well so I think recognizing the I think the intersectionality um of our identities is really important when we talk about diversity and representation in the built environment and broader real estate industry so Rachel after we've heard Follett's great response Mm -hmm. is there anything else that you think that you bring to the industry so I think for me I'd never really actually previously considered real estate as a career before until fairly recently. Um, So my undergrad degree was in French and Spanish. And part of that that degree involved my year abroad, which I worked in Paris for six months at Savile. So that was sort of my insight into property. And then I actually ended up working for two and a half years in the insurance industry after I graduated. So I think I'd never really previously considered it. But then my job before got me thinking about the skills and things that I wanted to bring and wanted to use in a job. So I think I'd argue that I can bring a different perspective to the industry, having had a career before or a a short career before elsewhere. Um, Because I think that really diversifies your ways of thinking and allows you to sort of call on previous experiences professionally um, and allow you to apply those into real estate, really. Yeah, and everything that you've just said, I feel like is quite transferable. Um, so you've got the transferable skills that brings you advantages in the industry. And like you said, different ways of thinking is such an important one. Yeah, my so my job before, I'd say the skills are quite similar in terms of the negotiating and then the people facing skills I think you need in property. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of, I hope I have the ability to sort of transfer those across and, and sort of question things and maybe approach things from a slightly different angle or perspective. So Melissa, is there anything in particular that stands out as something that you really think that you have a benefit to the industry with what you can bring? Just being young. Um, I know that sounds again really cliche, but I feel like being young, you can offer different a different perspective to the industry yeah. as a whole. You know, a lot of the people that I work with, they are absolutely tremendous at their jobs, but they do look at it from a different angle point. So, you know, the industry that I'm in is quite traditional, quite old school. So through initiatives, through like apprenticeships and stuff, it's good to get people from a mixed, you know, diverse background, which I am. And um, I feel like I can bring that to the industry and try and help the industry not be so archaic uh, and Mm -hmm. move on with the times. So that's what I feel like I can I can bring to the industry. And I generally hope to, you know, go through the ranks and develop as a person as well and make a make a, a conscious social change. So that's what I believe I can bring. So, Rachel, as a young person in the industry, what do you think 
older generations can do to support us or maybe even to learn from us? I think time for me is a, a key one, really. I think it's important that we're all autonomous and that we aim to, we try to learn independently and teach ourselves things. But it's also really important as well that people give their time to us in terms of answering questions, supporting us, giving us any guidance that we need. And I fully understand that it's not like school anymore. We're not being spoon fed, but I think it's, it's also important that we're given feedback, whether that's, you know, positive or whether that's constructive criticism. But I think feedback is really important because that's also reinforces and, whether we're doing well and also where we can improve on. So I think feedback is really key. And I also think having the ability to, to learn from them as well is key in sort of in, in our progression. Yeah, definitely. I, I think I'd agree with that. I think it's important for them to definitely be patient with us because, you know, for many of us starting in the industry, it might be like our, maybe it's our first job or something or um, we're kind of switching or pivoting within the industry, sometimes we just need a bit of time to, to understand what's required of us and you know what we can do to to develop ourselves. And I think older generations can be really sort of instrumental in giving us opportunities to to learn and to grow and to develop. And while it's important for them to support us in that sense, I think they should also be open to learning from us as well as young people. Um, kind of linked to the diversity point I mentioned earlier, but. There is also a lack of young people in the industry. Mm -hmm. And I think, yes, we can learn from those who came before us. But I think as young people, we have fresher perspectives as well in in many different areas. And we have our own opinions and our own, um, we think about things in in slightly different ways. And so that can be very beneficial for how the industry can sort of continue to progress um, and to attract more like-minded people like like ourselves. And I think it's important for, for the people who came before us to at least Give, give us time to show what we can do and also to be open to listening to our, to our ideas and not to, to rush to kind of shut us down. Um, I think something that's really interesting to me is the concept of ageism just in society in general. But I often feel like we, we only talk about ageism, we talk more about the experience of older people and we actually forget that ageism can also affect young people um, in, in the workplace particularly. So I think there's a there's a role for older adults, not older adults, sorry, um, I think there's a role for the older people in the industry to to recognise that, you know, they should also be aware of ageism and how it can affect people like ourselves and to try and actively combat those kinds of things. So Hebe, what do you think you need from older generations in the industry to support you as you make your way through your career and progress? So probably to echo both what you and Rachel have said, it's it's the time. I think time is probably the most important thing when the people that have come before you offer you their time it's a really valuable thing and it is so important that there is time for those younger generations when they're joining the industry to get up to speed to learn the nuances to understand what is actually expected of them also having realistic expectations of those people joining is so important I think many a times when I've seen new people join and when myself, when I joined, there were some unrealistic expectations and also some outdated expectations of almost like, oh, as an apprentice, you go and go and get the tea and coffees. Since I've been in the, in, in the company, those expectations have shifted 
And I'd like to think that's me being stubborn and going, I'm not just an apprentice to make tea and coffee. I'm actually an apprentice (laughs) here to learn. But I think it's shifting from that mindset. We are people that are going to shape the future. And so having those realistic expectations early on from the older generations is so important. Again, it's the feedback the opportunity to hear what you can improve and also for the older generations to receive receive feedback from us. It's important that they know what they can do to improve. It's very much a two-way street. It's not just them shaping us. We're going to shape them and, again, the industry. So I think that's important. And that also helps you build a relationship some of the more senior members of the teams that I've worked in, the relationships I've got with them now are great because we spent time on feedback, on having expectations, on having like shadowed them. The, so the, now the relationship is so great. So if I've got an issue, I can go to them and it's not like, oh, well, I've got to go to someone really senior. It's, oh, I've, I'm lucky enough to have that relationship where I can go to them and where they can help me and where I can hopefully benefit them. So I think it's kind of a, a mixture of all of those sorts of things. I totally agree with you. One of the things that I stumbled across when I started as an apprentice was um, people not knowing what the apprenticeship scheme was in mm-hmm. general, um, especially the older generation. And um, just they compare stuff um, like, oh, in my day, we had to do <laughs> X, Y and Z. Um, and it's just like, I appreciate your struggle. <laughs> There's different struggles today. Um, So it's just about understanding what my role is again. um, And also not feeling guilty for asking people to explain stuff like you like you touched on as well. Um, I feel like someone mentioned before, like this was my first job. When I first started, um, I don't feel like it was, you know, appreciated enough that this was my first job in the corporate world. Yeah in this industry so yeah but having after having many talks with um the older generation they they sort of get it but they still don't really understand the apprenticeship program as a whole so it'd be good for them to like you know widen their understanding on the different routes that you can take to get into real estate and um how it you know maps together and ends with the same end goal of hopefully becoming like them I think um, just to jump in again, I think the point about first first jobs is interesting because I think some people have first jobs in a particular industry, but it's not their first corporate job at all. And I think it's important to recognize the nuances there because I, mm-hmm. for example, I kind of started my career um, working in communications and marketing and also doing some research. So my job at the Catapult was like my first built environment industry job, but I had two years of work experience prior to that. Um, And I think it's important to recognize that for the most part, all our jobs are kind of more or less the same in in a corporate setting. There's obviously some specialisms and more um, specific things that we might do in in a certain role in an industry. But we have we all kind of have general professional skills. And I think it's important for older generations to not just assume that if someone's starting their first job in a new industry, that it's their first ever corporate job and they don't really have any other understanding of how to be a professional. Because I think you can often have instances where people assume that because it's your first role, you haven't, you know, received the right kind of professional training or you don't know certain things that are actually just very simple, basic people skills. So again, taking time to to understand your employees, your younger employees, and actually listen to them and understand their backgrounds and see 
what other skills that you might not even have thought could be useful in, in this industry or in a particular role can actually add a lot of value as well. So just having those conversations and taking the time, uh, you know, both ways as well to just understand the other person is really, really key. Okay, hey Hebe, um, would you be able to tell me what your brightest and darkest days have been since working in the industry? Yeah, absolutely. So I think for me, my darkest days is more of a collection rather than individual days that I can that really stick out in my head. So it's more when I first started, when I first started a new project, it's joining a new team those relationships with your key stakeholders the other members of the team they already have those relationships and I think for me personally I want everyone to like me I want to be able to walk into a team and click with people and I think when you first start you it's not necessarily a respect thing but you're going in you're not necessarily knowing how to put yourself across in a professional way for me I joined straight from school onto this apprenticeship so I didn't I've never had a job before so I never had the opportunity to whilst I'm quite a chatty and confident person I've never had the opportunity to be put that into a professional world so when I first started it was things like even writing emails and I wasn't necessarily that client facing and all I wanted was to really thrive in the industry and for me I had that expectation that I was going to go into this job and I was going to be amazing and then I joined teams and I just didn't have the same relationship with everyone that was already there the prior relationship so I found that personally really difficult and it's understanding the nuances with joining the corporate world with joining a new job so that's definitely been difficult and also the balancing act of doing well at your job having university on top of that having a social life and then also I'm aiming to be chartered in the next 18 months two years so I've also just started my chartership journey. So it's it's definitely a balancing act and that's probably been my darker of days. In terms of my bright days, my brightest days, again, are probably a collection. So it's when it finally clicks, when everything seems to fall into place and the dark days seem almost worth it for the feeling, like the elated feeling that you get when it does click. I also had an amazing team that I've just come off of um, the account and they were amazing and it's when we did something together that was probably a bit more difficult but we got some great feedback from the client or the project went really well those days were just some of the best days being able to click with a team and work so well together and having the trust and the mutual respect was amazing again being able to go back to my school to present talks on apprenticeships so recently for the last national apprentice week I did a talk with 700 people to talk about why apprenticeships are so great and to think that maybe one or two of those students that were listening went on to do an apprenticeship is such a great thought and it makes me feel like I've inspired the younger generation and with inspiring younger generations I've done a lot of work experience days with some students from sit forms and again my mentoring so those sorts of things are when everything feels absolutely worth it and I'm absolutely love what I do and they are definitely the collection of my brightest days wow that's amazing so Melissa what have your darkest and brightest days been so far in your career so when I started I started in October 2019 so things were pretty you know well Mm -hmm. going pretty well and then Unfortunately, a few months later, um, COVID-19 happened. 
so so I went from having this amazing support bubble, you know, being able to interact with people face to face, being able to ask my peers questions, mm-hmm. you know, when they're there and gain um, on the job experience when they're there to then everything being online, having to call people on teams, having to, you know, make conversations online. It, it knocked my confidence um, yes, down because, because I wasn't able to um, build the, re- the relationships in such a short time. And then it went mm. from not really knowing anyone and then literally to everything being switched online. It felt, felt quite isolated, yeah. um, which I'm sure a lot of people would agree. Yeah, but I, I just completely agree with you, yeah. So I think we need to be around people, don't we? I think to learn exactly, exactly. It just yeah, at the start of your career, it's important. Exactly, it just felt like um, everything was tumbling down at once. So that was a struggle. And then when I said it knocked my confidence down, it meant that when there was team meetings, I didn't feel as comfortable as like asking questions as I would yeah. have when I was in the physical meetings. And I felt like my learning was hindered as a result of that. So it kind of pushed me back in a bubble. But obviously going forward now, um, getting back into the office and trying to get back into the swing of things um, and being able to um, have conversations with my peers and just being able to, you know, turn around and walk up to a person and have a conversation and say, do you know what? I don't understand this development appraisal. Can we actually sit down face to face and go through it? It's made an incredible, you know, an incredible difference. So I'd say that was the darkest day. And um, another dark period of the time was, you know, the responsibility of, um, you know, doing it all yourself, especially during COVID. So we were kind of like left to our own devices to, you know, do the studying and make sure that we got the right experience and it just made me complacent like I wasn't pushing myself as much so that was definitely a dark day because now that I feel that now that I'm back in the office and I'm in the working environment I feel like I can literally so for example I had an assignment on planning so I was able to go to the planning department and you know have a conversation with them and get you know their expertise on that assignment Whereas before it would be like the whole daunting task of like trying to ring someone on teams, not having the confidence to do so. So that was definitely a dark day. Mm-hmm. And then the brightest day for me personally was getting back at, at these events and socialising and, you know, getting back on site, which is something that I missed out on as a result of COVID, which is no one's fault. But um, it's definitely, you know, allowed me to see this is what I'm doing, you know, this is the clear plan, this relates to my course, rather than everything being online, like just getting as much hands-on experience as possible. I've been able to um, join forums, I've joined the Apprenticeship Association of Apprenticeships Council after attending one of their meetings, so that's another bright day, and also give feedback to people who are trying to get into the Apprenticeship Scheme as well who are once in my shoes so I feel good to be you know out and about again. I guess um, Melissa's just touched on it in that really great answer there but um, how do we all feel about the presence of the older generations being physically in the office? That's a good question. Because for me I think it's it's so important you know I we I think we all agree that we learn so much better from people Mm -hmm. and 
physically being there. Um, and I completely agree with Melissa that I found it really difficult working from home sometimes or if I have been in the office and then there's there's not been anybody else there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I found that difficult for me. So since COVID, my the teams that I've now been working in are based across the country. So even when I do go into my local office, I might just be sat there by myself. So I don't necessarily have that support system around me. So working from home has almost become a default because then whilst there's no one around me in the office, it's the same at home. I can just message someone on Teams as quickly. But it's been such a positive when I do go into the office and we have team days once a week, every two weeks, and we travel to different offices. And it's such a great opportunity, one, to get to know senior members of the team in other offices, travel the country and spend time with my team and get those questions that I need the face-to-face support on. So I think it's important that senior members are in the, of the team are in the office when we're in the office. So it's basing your days around who's in that's how I've kind of dealt with that so I found as well that I actually I get a bit more work or get offered more work or get involved in different projects just by being in the office by overhearing a conversation and then asking questions yeah no I, I totally agree um obviously I was a bit hesitant to go back into the office but I definitely see the benefits of it just by listening to you know your peers talking about certain deals mm-hmm. that you wouldn't necessarily hear by being at home and then you're able to sit into the board meetings and go oh wow yes I, I do remember this person talking about this I do remember this project and you know there's just a simple um, simple task of just being able to sit with your manager in an office and just discuss any things that you've got an issue with or anything that you want you know want more help with it's again as I said before invaluable and it's very 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 important to be able to connect with our um, older generation in a physical space um, because they have been in the industry for a long time so it's good to learn from them yeah well guys let me let me chip in there right at the end Thank you so much for taking off the uh, the hosting responsibilities. Thank you to Rachel, Hebe, Fola and Melissa um, for, for volunteering to do this and for sort of sharing your experience. I think you have been incredible hosts. And if anyone ha- has not experienced the, the apprentice route or if anyone has thought they don't have time to, to um, sort of lower the ladder down to, to an undergrad sort of starting off their, uh, their career, I, th- I suspect you have blown their minds in terms of how much wisdom and experience and what value you can add. So, guys, give yourselves a massive round of applause. Thanks, Thank Nick. Thanks so much for having you. Real, you, can, you can do a real <laughs> round of applause, <laughs> Phil. <Yeah. laughs> <Go ahead. laughs>